come on. You, you can't. You got to be more excited than that. You got to be. You got. You got. You got to understand. When God allows us in His presence, it's an amazing thing. We sometimes take it for granted, especially if we're in there. You know, often if we're in the presence of God. But you know, that was good worship. That was good worship. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, this year is going to be your best year yet. I'm going to hold you accountable to stay focused. Amen. Before you see, slap high five with five people. I challenge you this year, I challenge you this year to increase your worship. You know, I, I, I really challenge you. And, and it's not going to be easy, I tell you that, because I've already started developing, meditating, and, and, and taking my worship to another level. You know, and, and, and the biggest word outside of vision for 2020 is going to be discipline. And we're going to define discipline. We're going to be talking about discipline. Say to your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. Discipline. discipline. Get to know that word. It's going to be a friend. For 2020. So I, I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm excited. Um, you know, I, I go to Ephesians. You know, you go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. You don't have to go to it. Uh, matter of fact, let's go to it real quick. And I love how it's read in the Message Bible. And the reason why I'm going to this text to start off with, because this sets the tone. This sets my expectation. This sets my mindset. This sets the, 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 the way I approach my whole year of 2020. And I love how it says, he says, God can do anything. Say anything. anything. Say anything. anything. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. neighbor. God, God can do anything. anything. Not some things. Not anything. And he says, so he, he, he continued uh, writing the author. He says, God can do anything. You know, far more. How much more? Far more. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. neighbor. Far, more. far more. And the reason why you're talking to your neighbor a lot today is because we're going to have to go through a process of getting to know our neighbor because there's going to be some times that we're going to have to encourage them. Yeah. And you're building a relationship right now with your neighbor, talking to your neighbor, because they're gonna make, they might come to you this year. Ready to quit, like I was three days in. <laughs> three days in, I was ready to quit. So you're going to be talking to your neighbor a lot throughout this year. God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. And I've had some wild dreams. I've had some dreams. Imagine me, you know, being the man. But then there's some realistic aspects of the dreams. <laughs> he does not, he does it not by pushing us around. And this is significant. And the reason why I, I want you to pay attention to this, he said, he does not, he does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. How? Come on, talk back to me. How does he do it? 
So what happens is God comes alongside the very vision or the seed that he planted within your heart to work together to make sure that he can do. Oh, you're not ready for that. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. So this sets the tone on how I approach this year because I know that there's some things that God has blessed me with, has planted some seeds in my heart, some visions that he wants me to accomplish this year. And I know that I'm not doing it alone. There's something that happens. He says he's going to do far more. But the lovely thing about it is he doesn't expect you to do it alone. He's going to do it with you. So I approached this year excited. I'm approaching this year with anticipation. I'm approaching this year because I've imagined how this year is going to look. See, Lisa, Lisa, can I start? Can I cause some trouble? All right, I'm going to cause some trouble. But I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you so you can minister the whole thing. So, like I said, yesterday I was wrestling. I was going through and saying, Lord, how do you want this Sunday to be? And, 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 and it's funny because it's not until Saturday that, or sometimes Sunday before I even go on stage that God says, okay, this is how it's going to work out. And I think the process of just talking to him puts me into a place where he's sensitive to really hear his voice for what he wants for the people. So I called Jossie. I got on the phone with Jossie. Jossie, we've got to change some things. We're going to ask some prayers, some worship. Let the choir know we want to have fun, though. I don't want it to be that old school, boring, you know, worship. I said, let's have fun. We can use old school music, right? Yeah. Hallelujah, right? There's something about just that, just that, when you get into the presence, just that song. Yeah. And I called Lisa. I said, Lisa, I don't know what's going to happen. I said, just be prepared. So she starts telling me what she's going to, you know, what she's going to minister. I got excited because she didn't minister it. <laughs> so you, you have me excited, Lisa, because I, because I was talking to uh, one of our sisters in the, in the lobby, and she said, what's wrong? I said, you know, I'm wrestling with uh, how to increase the experience of CCC, the experience that you have as the congregants, and, and without compromising the sacred and the sanctity, right? I want to have fun in this relationship with God, but still make sure that there's certain sacred aspects of this thing called religion. You know, I, I, I watched some old school movies and, and, you know, going to the 1400s, 1500s, and there's something, the way that they treat books, Books have a sacred, had a sacred exp, uh, exp, uh, expression on them. So it, it, even, even, it doesn't matter if it was the Bible. There was a certain way that they treated books. And then I look fast forward to now and see how, they treat, how people treat books. Right? So I said, I said we got to maintain the sacred. There's certain things, aspects that we have to maintain. And I, I don't want to compromise. And, and I said, because the biggest fear, well, let me, not, let me not say the biggest fear. The biggest concern is for two things. One, to end up like Samson. It says, Samson got up to do what he does, what he did every day, and not realizing that the presence of God had left him. And the second aspect is which what Lisa was supposed to minister. I was going to flow with you today. Like, you messed me up. So, Lisa, real quick, can you, can you come, come up and talk about what you want to... Come on, real quick, because we got it, we out of time. Come on. Can we get her a microphone? Come on, Minister. Is this a tag team? Yeah, a quick quick tag team, like the retreats back in the days. <laughs> <laughs> Just introduce what you said to me. It was okay, like, 
quick. It was quick. Real quick. quick. All right, go ahead. So I was reading in Luke, right, chapter 24, and it was the two disciples on their road, well, really two followers of Christ on their road to Emmaus. And so the thing that I put, I was like, imagine being face-to-face with the truth, but not being able to see it. Right? So she was, was, I'm like, okay, girl, go ahead. (laughs) And so what we have, we have these two followers of Jesus and they're actually talking about what had just happened. This is post-resurrection, and they're having a conversation about what just happened, and Jesus kind of rolls up, and is like, yo, what y'all talking about? <laughs> but it is kind of, I mean, it's a little, you know, colloquialism, but, and he says, yo, what y'all talking about? They're kind of like, oh, we're talking about this, you know, have you, do you not know? And it's funny because here they are face-to-face with the truth, mm-hmm. yet they can't recognize the mm. truth. So, so three things right? happen. <laughs> right? Go ahead, Lisa. So we have two followers of Christ mm-hmm. who were on the road to Emmaus. They didn't recognize Jesus. And so the question becomes, you know, how could you not recognize someone that you follow? Right? So like we could have prayed to God just now. We could have worshipped God. We could have taken communion and remembrance of God, but still can't recognize him in mm-hmm. our lives. And so, you know, when Pastor talked about vision, I wrote this down. He said he wants us to develop our spiritual acumen. Yes. Right? Yep. He wanted to make sure that as we look through this year that we are decreasing the distance necessary to see what God is doing in our life. Mm. And so what Jesus ends up doing is that he rehearses the story. He tells them about the the prophets all the way up to Moses, and he points them to every aspect of the scripture that he's in. And the reason why it kind of came to me about communion, because he then broke the bread, gave thanks, and then they were able to recognize him. Something about that kind of turned on the light. Mm. We don't know, because it doesn't really say, but it was just super profound to me. Right? (laughs) Right? Thank you, Minister. Thank you, Minister. So, so what happened was, and, and, and it brought me back to, 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 to this, this tension I'm wrestling with, because one of the biggest things I want to make sure that we at CCC, we are relevant to the community that God has called us to serve. Right, this is my vision. I'm sharing some of my vision with uh, CCC because what, what, what happens is the worst thing a church can become is irrelevant to this community. Right? My father said, he, he used to teach me, he said, the success of any church is based on how relevant it is to this community. If the church is gone tomorrow, will the community miss you? So I'm wrestling with that tension. And, and, and when Lisa said, I said, wow, Lord, I never want to come to a place where I don't recognize the presence of God. And here it is, these men are walking this road in the presence of this God. Not not just the basic presence, the resurrected power. The one who conquered sin. The one who who ripped the veil. The one who who looked death in his eye and said, where is your sting? This God, we walk in the presence of this God and not even know it. And I said, that's going to be some scary stuff. Because I can see some churches going through that process. And I said, I don't want CCC to be a part of it. And I said, let's start on a basis of prayer. That's why I love the prayer. He says, he says, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. If you look at the prayer, uh, uh, the, the, the Lord's prayer or, or the prayer that was given to the disciples, it, it, there's a, a whole system. And it's organized in a specific way. It's not just, say, oh, God, just threw out some words. No, he was strategic with that prayer. And what the biggest thing I want to make sure we have every time we gather 
in this building as we're gathering in the presence of this God, this mighty God, Jesus, our Savior. And the reason why is because I believe that you can't separate your vision from God. You can't separate your, your vision and God work, walk hand in hand. Because if you have a vision, your vision is, never for only, is not only for you, but it tends to be for other individuals. They, they, they ascribe it to Thomas Aquinas. Sometimes, some say they ascribe it to Augustine. They said, they said we're, we're, your, your, your skills, talents, and ability intersected the needs of the world. There lies your purpose. He said, where your skills, talents, and ability intersect with the world's needs, there lies your purpose. So we're going to be talking about vision. And the biggest thing I want to talk about is coming out of your comfort zone. And the reason why I talk about coming out of your comfort zone, I was, there was an article, never let your kids use your iPad before you're going to minister. I had a whole bunch of different tabs open, and I couldn't find a tab of my article that I was going to read today. But, you know, the, the quick synopsis of the article is basically, said, they said, comfort zones are, 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 are okay. He said, but the length of time that you stay in the comfort zone is what becomes dangerous. Because when you stay in your comfort zone, you, uh, you, you automatically start operating in this thing called complacency. Or you become complacent. And I said, okay, wow, that's amazing. I said, let me look up the definition for complacent. And, and this really just changed my, my perspective. How many of you ever look up the word complacent? We always use it. We always talk about it. We always say, oh, I'm, I'm being complacent. I'm, you know, you're so complacent. But have you, how many of you ever look up the word complacent? I got to retype it. Complacent. Marked by self Satisfaction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual danger or deficiencies. I'll repeat that. Self-satisfaction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. And I said, wow. So quick, we can, uh, how many of us have been complacent? Right? Thank you for all those who are truthful. <laughs> and not, look, not, where, where, you know, not knowing where the, the definition fully of what complacent is, and say, wow, this is how we operate. And if you stay in your comfort zone too long, you become more and more complacent, which means you become more and more unaware Unaware of the actual dangers and deficiencies. So we're going to talk about coming out of your comfort zone. And last thing I want to leave you is all vision starts with self-reflection. All vision starts with self-reflection. And what do I mean by that? The first thing I say is, okay, where am I? You have to know your starting point. Where am I? You know, then you have to be able to answer the question. Like, you know, Jesus comes to you and says, what's in your hand? Right? God comes to you and he'll say, what's in your hand? So the question is, what 
do I have? Take an assessment, an inventory of your skills, your talents, your abilities, your knowledge, your understanding, your relationships. All that has to happen before you start casting a vision. Because it puts you into the right path. It's like, I know what I have and I know what I need. So we're going to talk about vision. You know, and, and Dr. R, he, he, he said, your vision is a picture of your future. Your vision has the magnetic attraction that pulls you towards it. Dr. R, he also said, you know, the, the, the clearer the vision, the stronger the magnetic pull. So built into the vision is the magnetic pull. And the clearer the vision, the stronger the magnetic pull. Vision gives hope, a sense of destiny, and a sense of purpose. And he said this, and I'll end with this. He said, a man with a vision for their future will always live in the past. A man without a vision for their future will always live in the past. So the second problem with your comfort zone is that the biggest thing that is in your comfort zone that you deal with is your past. That's what's driving your world is your past because you haven't experienced anything new. So a man without a vision for the future will always live in the past. And I, I, used to, like, I used to do a lot of work. I had security guard. You know, I used to do security guard work. I was in like, different types of different uh, things. So I used to be a bonds man, right? A bounty hunter. Did it for a couple of months. It wasn't good money. And the thing about it is, whenever somebody jumped in bond or skipped bail, we knew where to find them. Because most of the criminals have a vision for their future. So wherever we need to find them is always in the past. So you are not going to live 2020 in your past. We have a vision. So I end off with this scripture, and I wrestle with this scripture. It says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, where there is no vision, people cast off restraints. And it's true, because I, I simplify, I try to simplify things to, to get a true understanding, and then when you have a true understanding, then you can teach it. And what happens when you don't have a vision for your diet? You cast off restraints, right? And I had to sit down and create a vision just for my diet. What is my diet going to look like? How is it going to look like in one week? How is it going to look like in two weeks? What, what about three months from now? Because every vision has to have some short-term goals to be the marker to let you know if you're getting closer to your vision. And what happens? Basket Robbins be calling me when I don't have a vision. <laughs> I can hit a blender now, like <laughs> extra caramel. <laughs> Telling you, how many things call you when you don't have a vision that is chaotic to your life? So without a vision for your future, you cast off restraints. And next thing you know, you're unaware of the dangers that are in your life. Let's close our Bibles.
And we're going to go somewhere this year, I mean this month. Each month we have a theme. You know, think about this. Talking about vision. February is Black History Month. We celebrate Black History Month. What kind of vision does somebody have to have to get them out of slavery? Let's close our bars. Let's stand. <laughs> oh, my notes. And the reason why I bring that up is because some of us are in bondage. And what kind, of, what kind of vision do we have to have to get out of bondage? And we're going to talk about that. We're gonna, in February, we're going to have fun with that. But we've got to start talking about the comfort zone. What does the comfort zone look like? I challenge you to take this thing called Christianity serious this year. I challenge you not just to have physical, financial goals, but what is your spiritual goal? Where do you want to be in the middle of 2020? Balcony, what kind of spiritual goal do you want to have? Facebook, where do you want to see, where do you see yourself spiritually in your relationship with God? We're quick to have financial goals. We're quick to, to create the, the physical goals. We're quick to create your know, business goals. We're quick to create your know, relationship goals. But what about your spiritual goals? I want you to create a holistic vision that speaks to the whole man, not just a part of you. Father God, we thank you so much for this opportunity once again. You're an awesome God, a wonderful God. We, we say that we just thank you for allowing us to come in your presence. A presence that, 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 that we are not worthy to come in to. To even come to the, the, the entry point, we're not worthy. But Lord, you, you said we're deemed worthy because of the blood of Jesus Christ washing us. So we ask that you have your way this year. We're truly surrendering. We truly, you know, really want to become better individuals. So, Lord, I ask that you just touch our minds with a, such a, a focused lens to not allow all these other things to distract us. Touch our ears, Lord, so that we can hear your voice. So when we're frustrated, you tell us, keep going, don't stop. Lord, we, say, we surrender who we are to you. Because ultimately, what we are doing is for somebody else. We are gonna, you're going to use us to meet the need of somebody else. Whether it's somebody in this, in this building or somebody in the world. So Lord, we ask that you have your way. We surrender. We pray for travel and mercies. Watch over us. Lord, pray that you, you continue letting us ponder our, this whole idea that you can do far greater than we can think or imagine. And Lord, not only are you, you can you do far greater, but you're working in us to help us accomplish that. So Lord, we say, we submit to you. You're a great God, a good God. We say, have your way. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Come on, say it. Say it like we mean it. This Bible is our primary source of faith. No, no. I said, say it like we mean it. Say it like we're excited. 
Say it like this Bible is going to meet the needs. Say it like, like, like this Bible is really, this Bible, this Bible is our primary source of faith. Source of faith. This, Bible this Bible is our rule of conduct. Rule of conduct. This, Bible this Bible creates a lens that we see life through. As we leave this place for never God's presence, Jesus is Lord, period. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. God bless and enjoy the rest of your Sunday.